Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I was a corporate flight attendant for six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating and review. It takes less than a minute of your time, and these five-star ratings and reviews are like gold. I'm at 27 reviews on Apple Podcasts and would love to get that little black star when I get to 30 reviews, so please keep adding those reviews and ratings. Just an FYI, the episode numbers have changed because as I said before, I made a mistake by doing seasons and it's finally just driving me nuts. So I just switched over to the episode number. For example, I have 54 episodes total. So this is episode 54. Very simple. (laughs) Today we are discussing the private jet, the Bombardier Global. So Bombardier is a private jet manufacturer out of Montreal, Canada. They also make the Challenger, and they were famous for manufacturing a smaller plane called a Learjet, which they discontinued in 2015. They created a newer generation called the Learjet 75 Liberty in 2019, but the manufacturer delivered its final Learjet on March 28th, 2022. But here's the deal. If you have the cash, you can buy an old Learjet for only 200,000 US dollars. So why not treat yourself? Getting back to the global, I flew two accounts on a Bombardier Global. Both owners were billionaires with old money. The Global is known by its rectangular windows. Global is certified to seat 19, but depending on the configuration of seats, it usually seats around 14 because of beds and couches. According to Elite Traveler, the Global 8000, which has a list price of $78 million, will be the fastest and longest range business jet when it comes into service in 2025. And I flew on a global 5,000 and 6,000 series. I'm actually curious to see when this global 8,000 comes out because will it rival the G650 or the Gulfstream 650? Well, at that point, it'll be rivaling the Gulfstream uh, 700 and 800. And I'm, I'm just curious if it will eclipse it because it's really hard, as I discussed in the last jet comparison episode to eclipse a Gulfstream. So we shall see. So the Global is my favorite jet for interior beauty. It has dark wood paneling, especially, and especially has an airiness in the cabin. It's very spacious. It's very wide. It has that luxurious jet feel. When you watch a movie or TV show and they walk onto a set that's a private jet and you're like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And it's obviously a set. That to me is what a global looks like because globals, everyone I've been on has been pretty fancy. But again, you know, you can see older globals and the whole thing, but I've been on the fancy ones. The normal setup for a global is the crew rest in front, front lab and front galley. The galley on a global is usually pretty large and it has a good amount of space and storage but you constantly have to keep it clean because if you imagine all those cabinets and all of that dark wood paneling, if it has it, you're constantly wiping that down. One global I flew had a back table setup. So meaning you had the normal setup, the eight chairs, right? And then in back of that, it had almost like a dining room table. I didn't love that setup so much, but the other one I would fly had a private bedroom with TV and aft lav, and that was great. 
in the back of the bedroom is the cargo. So uh, yeah, if you have to go back to the cargo, then you have to interrupt someone in the bedroom. But I always love the private bedroom setup because the packs can sleep in bed or they can sit up and watch TV or movies. And that's what I would do. I mean, who wouldn't do that? And by the way, I should add about the cargo thing. Let's say you left something in cargo and the owner is sleeping in that back bedroom. Well, you're screwed. And you know, if the pilot wants something and by accident you left it in cargo, you can't get it until that owner wakes up and is sitting in cabin and then you can go in there and get it. So make sure not to leave anything that you really need in cargo when there's a back bedroom situation because you're not going to be able to get to it if the person's sleeping and then it turns into a lot of drama and you don't want to do that to yourself ever. And what do I mean by that? Let's say that you planned on 10 water, 10 extra water bottles, right? For the packs and the crew. But then you fly with this pilot you've never flown before who just sucks down water. But guess what? The rest of that water, all your other water bottles is in back in the cargo and the owner wants to sleep seven out of the eight hours of that flight. You're screwed, right? So just make sure you always plan for that and take things out of cargo that you know you're going to need in flight or plan for, hey, you know what, 10 bottles just don't seem like enough. I want a whole extra case of water bottles up here and I'm going to find a place to put it. That's what I mean. Okay. On one account, I would serve the owner in the bedroom and this is kind of a funny story. He would be in his undershirt and underwear it wasn't creepy. It was just more funny. He was a nice person. You have to remember that these rich people who've inherited money from mommy and daddy have grown up with nannies, housekeepers, and more. So sometimes they don't think about privacy because someone's always been there. I know that's weird to us civilians because what do we do? We When we want to change our clothes or whatever, we go into our bedrooms and shut the door. But this is what I find with rich people. Sometimes their boundaries are a little skewed. Now, I'm not saying boundaries isn't anything dangerous or anything creepy or anything uncomfortable. I'm saying it more boundaries as in, okay, well, you have no problem not flushing the toilet. (laughs) You know, things like that, where it's more funny than anything else. So when he would lie in the bed, he, you know, this person was going to India and China and crossing all sorts of time zones. So I understand that he would watch movies, he would watch TV, and he would also do a lot of phone calls. I remember there were a lot of phone calls and he'd like me to serve him on a tray while he lay in bed. And I usually gave him an array of things to choose from. He was a snacker, meats and cheeses and chips and guac. And I remember that it was a big deal that it was finger foods because he was eating in bed. So I couldn't serve him I don't know, like a like a prime rib steak where he's having to cut it and he's putting all the sauce on and things like that. He wanted more snacky things, which actually made my life much easier. Now, let's say just for instance, if he wanted a steak, I might have said to him, hey, do you want me to cut up that steak for you so you don't have to do it while you're lying on your side and see what he thought about that. So, you know, you can always think of doing those things as well. A global, again, is a beautiful plane. 
beautiful plane, but they are known in the industry as breaking down all the time. I remember when I flew those two accounts, they were constantly having problems with the globals. If I could afford a PJ in my little fantasy world, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't buy a global because of all the mechanical issues. But if one were given to me for free, I'd take it. Who wouldn't? But the problem is if you have a plane like that, even if it's under warranty, if you keep the plane when it goes past warranty, that plane is going to be nickel and diming you worse than any sort of hoopty or lemon car, right? So, and I'm not talking nickel and diming as in hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars. I'm talking millions of dollars. This plane will be nickel and diming you. So that's why globals don't have the best reputation in the industry for the mechanics. So I'm curious to see with the new Global 8000 if they've improved upon this and they're going to change their reputation for that a little bit. Compared to the ultimate status symbol of the Gulfstream or G650, I would say that the global interior is more beautiful, but the mechanical system and the range are better with a 650. So far, out of the two planes we've compared so far, I would go with the 650. By the way, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about Gulfstream. I know we're talking about global, but I wanted to mention a few things I did not mention in the last jet comparison episode. And Gulfstream is so important and it's such a status symbol that I want you guys to know about it. I discovered that they stopped making the G550. They are still making the 650, but Gulfstream is pushing the new designs of the 700 and 800. So what we're going to be talking about in a few years is not the G650. We're going to be talking about the G7 or the, or the G700 or the G800 or the G8. Those are going to be the new names you have to get used to hearing. Also, an interesting tidbit, any plane that has a wingspan over 95 feet cannot fly into Aspen, Colorado, which is the home to many uber rich people, or at least their vacation home. A G650 has a wingspan of 99 feet, 7 inches, thus it cannot go in and out of Aspen. And you can tell all your friends that little factoid at your next cocktail party. I think I might talk about dangerous airports at some point down the line. Aspen is known as one of the most dangerous airports to fly in and out of in the world. Why? Because it has a steep approach. The mountains surround the runway. If you can go on YouTube and get a video of especially the landing, it is, it's no joke. Like you do not fuck with a pilot or go up and ask a last minute question when they have to land or even take off out of Aspen. You, that is sacrosanct. Like you... (laughs) No, you leave them the hell alone when they have to go in and out of Aspen because they have to be on their game, super prepared. Also, the problem with Aspen is it's very windy and very snowy, but it's also very windy in the summer. So what you'll find as a corporate flight attendant is you have a trip to Aspen and it will reroute to Eagle, usually Vail, Colorado, and That's what happens. It's not an anomaly. It happens all the time with these small planes going into Aspen and Aspen shuts down because of winds and visuals and all that type of thing all the time. So just be prepared for that. If you're a new corporate flight attendant and you're flying to Aspen a lot, you will probably be rerouted a lot. So mentally prepare for that. I am hoping to receive 
more information or hopefully see in person the new G7 or G8 at some point. That would be awesome. That would be in the future. So that would be a future episode. And the last thing I want to mention is my book, my corporate flight attendant book. I have revised it for 2023 and I've given it a brand new chapter, an interview resume and cover letter, which I'm really excited about. And then I have expanded the chapter on a day in the life as a corporate flight attendant. What else have I done? Um, And then I talk about these COVID protocols, what actually happened because I made predictions in the original book. Did these predictions come true? I also discussed the new salary rates and the new daily rate or day rate. So if you want any of that, definitely check out the show notes. It links to my book. Oh, and I put the corporate flight attendant list bundles in that book. So I'm selling everything all as one now. So it's really good resource. Um, I'm finding that people really like it. I've said many times that if you bought the book in the past and you're saying, damn, I'm kind of disappointed because I want this revised edition, what you do is you just email me your record of when you bought the book for me originally. I will send you a free copy of the book. And please note, because I've gotten from a couple people that they can't open it, it is in EPUB format. When I send you that free copy, it is not in PDF format. It is in EPUB format. So you can only open it in iBooks or Google Playbooks or Freda or any sort of free e-reader. It will not just open on its own because it's an EPUB And I just want people to make sure that they understand that because it's the much better format when you read it. Anyway, I am dropping the next episode on Friday, April 7th, 2023. Until then, happy flying.